Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, the Hall of Famer Dan Fouts in about a half hour on the Goodyear Hotline getting set on this day before the start of the season. Uh, in the National Football League, took a bunch of predictions from you. We got a bunch of picks from Mike T here that I'm going to get to in a minute. But first, Hembo, are others sending you advice? I, I want to catch everyone up on where we've been. Hembo, because he's adorable, told us that uh, your anniversary is uh, what week? Is it next week? Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And you'll be married how long? Two years. Two years. And, uh, and your wife told you what again? That I didn't need to buy her a gift. And <laughs> so just stop there. Just stop there. Just stop mm. there. You're so fun. Uh, you're so adorable. Your wife told you that, that you didn't need to buy her a gift, and, and I interpreted that for him to make it clear that when your wife says you don't need to get her a gift for your anniversary, what she's telling you is that you need to get her a gift for your anniversary. It's that simple. She wants you to do it. She wants to have told you not to do it. It's a win-win, so you're doing it. Now, what are people telling you on Twitter? Boomtown Rat tweeted me and said, get the gift, Hembo. Greeny just nailed it. John Drummond tweeted us and said, women never say what they really want. We're supposed to be mind readers. This is news to me. No, that, go ahead. Daniel Castilla tweeted us and said, each year has a theme or material for your anniversary. Also news to me. So now this, this random no, one. No, no, that's, is- tr- that's true. What? Every year's anniversary, there is, a, there is a gift, not necessarily a specific gift, but yes, like a... Uh, a substance. I'm not sure what word I'm looking for. Like there's there's a gift attached to all of these anniversaries. There's a what? Well, look it up. Did you look it yeah, up? Yeah. No. He he tweeted me. And so said what is year number one? Year number one is the traditional gift is paper. Paper. Okay. And year two is cotton. Cotton's uh, woven threads symbolize how you become more interconnected right. as time so goes so on. So you get her a beautiful blouse, or you get her a beautiful skirt, or you get her a beautiful sweater. You get her something that is made of cotton. I'm not good at buying clothes, dude. I, I, I bought something once. It was too small. I felt terrible. It was a whole freaking thing. Here's one thing you can do. Right, look, see, I'm so glad that you come to me with this. But I have so much experience in this area. I was you once. <laughs> let, let me tell everyone. Should I say this on the air? I'm not even, I don't know. Uh, never mind. <laughs> when Stacey and I, before we got married, one year for her birthday, I bought her stuff at Victoria's Secret thinking that would be like a cute, sexy thing to do. And she still brings it up. <laughs> We've been married 24 years. That still comes up. <laughs> All right. So so oh. don't do that. So whatever you do, I say, I'm, I'm so glad that this came up because you need the corollary yeah. to the rule. Mm. The rule is, yes, you need to get her a gift. But here's the corollary. By no means should you go this alone. You have one of two ways of getting her the appropriate gift. Mm -hmm. I don't know enough about your marriage to know. One of the ways is ask her directly, say, honey, I'm going to get you an anniversary gift. I insist. Mm -hmm. Now let's go shopping together, and you can go buy something together. So that's one way. Many people don't want to do that. You like the element of surprise. So there's... She has a million friends. If there's one thing I've learned from your wife's Instagram feed and yours <laughs> is that she seems to hang out with the same four women every 10 minutes. I mean, you're always <laughs> together. I guarantee you every one of them knows what she would like for your anniversary. And what size to get if need be? Yes, of course. Okay. You need at some point to know what size she is. I totally There are agree. sneaky ways to do that. Mm. Is there a particular place she likes to shop? 
Yeah, yeah. Is there a person there, a salesperson there that she goes to regularly? No, that, that's not an option. Yeah, well, there probably oh, is. Jeff Bezos is an option. Yes. She, what do you mean? She, oh, she, Amazon. She has bought endless clothing on Amazon. Oh, well, that not, what could be easier than that? Go in her closet yeah. and look at the sizes of things. There it is. This is not complicated. There it is. Plus, mm. if you get the wrong size, these things are easily returnable. Getting the right size is actually much less important than getting the right gift. Hmm. If you get her something she really likes, but it doesn't quite fit, she can return it, exchange it for the same one, but one that does fit. That's less of a concern than not getting the gift at all or getting the wrong gift. Okay. The question is, can I pull this together in the next five days? Absolutely. You can pull this together in the next five minutes. If 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 it's going to take you five days to figure out how to get your wife an anniversary gift, this marriage is doomed. I'm obviously not good at this. (laughs) No, it is is quite clear that you're not good at this. Just stick with me. We'll, We'll work this thing out. But once again, the most important thing you've taken from this is... When she says she doesn't want an anniversary gift, what does she mean? She wants an anniversary gift. Done. Bingo. Well done. Greeny with you. Download the Overheard podcast for curiously delightful conversations overheard around National Geographic's headquarters presented by the City Advantage Platinum Select Card, the card built for your next adventure. Next piece of business. Greeny's Takes. All right. Someone asked Mike Tannenbaum. I don't even know where this came from. ESPN.com. ESPN.com asked Mike Tannenbaum instead of me. Who was going to wind up leading the league in all these different categories this year? So he gave his answers, and he gave it a nice, he gave it the college try. I like Tannenbaum. But I'm going to give you the right answer. So you, here's what we're going to do. You're going to tell me who Tannenbaum picked in these different categories, and I'll tell you if he has it right or has it wrong. All right, go. Most passing yards. He says Russell Wilson. All right, not even close. I, I hit the wrong one. Well, let me hit this a, a number of times. But Russell Wilson's not even going to be in the top three or four. I, I, Russell Wilson is phenomenal. I grant that. That In that offense, he is not throwing the ball the number of times that Tom Brady is going to throw it, Patrick Mahomes is going to throw it, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw it. I think all three of those guys will throw for more yards than he does, and there could even be another surprise in there somewhere. Keep an eye on Kyler Murray hmm. throwing for ridiculous amounts of yardage this year. But if I had to pick who I believe will lead the league in passing yards this season, the answer is going to surprise you. I think it's going to be Tom Brady. Mm. I think Tom Brady is going on a scorched earth tour of the National Football League. I think Tom Brady at the age of 44. Did you hear Hasselbeck today on Get Up tell us that he's hearing insight from inside of Tampa that they think he's primed to have a season like he had in 2007? For those of you who don't remember, 2007 was the year that the Patriots went 16-0. and He rewrote every record there was in the NFL, including 50 touchdowns, a record that has since been broken and everything else, and he won the league MVP. Now, he was 14 years younger then, but he's not showing any obvious signs of getting older. So I believe Brady is going to lead the league in passing yards this season. What's next? Most touchdown passes. Patrick Mahomes is who Mike Tannenbaum says. Again, wrong. I think the answer to that is Rodgers. I think Rodgers is going to lead the league in passing touchdowns. I don't think that Brady will have the same number because I think they will run it in a lot. Uh, I think that they will. I also think they are going to be playing from in front a lot more, so they won't need to be scoring the same volume of points late in games. Same with Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. Now, look, neither one of those would be bad picks, but if I had to lay a few shekels down on this, I would say I believe Patrick Mahomes will lead the league in passing touchdowns. What's next? Who's going to have the best season among quarterbacks on new teams this year? He says Sam Darnold. Okay, now, 
I hate to tell him that he's wrong on this one because I'm actually rooting for Sam. Starting next Monday, I'm rooting for Sam very hard. I'm not rooting for him Sunday because he's playing the Jets. <laughs> and I really regret that that's the game because if you listen to me, you know I liked Arnold a lot. And I feel he was given no chance in New York. And I really want to see him succeed in Carolina. And I think he has an excellent chance to do it. But hold everything. Did I miss a meeting? Is Matt Stafford in L.A. now? Is Matt Stafford not going to have a monster season? Like when we, and these things are kind of hard to quantify, like best season. But if we're just going to add up the numbers, who do you think is going to have bigger numbers at the end of the season? Matthew Stafford in L.A. or... uh, or, or Sam in Carolina. Probably Stafford. In fact, I thought you were going to say he has a chance to lead the NFL in passing. I, I don't think it's impossible. So I, I think that's the obvious answer, and I hadn't really thought through others, but who are the other big names in that? Wentz, obviously, is a big name in Indy. I, I don't have anywhere near the same kind of high hopes for him. I think he'll be fine. Uh, you're talking about new teams, so we're not talking about rookies. We're talking about just players, active players who are on new teams. Who am I forgetting? Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I don't expect him to be in that discussion. I'd, I'd like to see him have a good year in Denver. I'd like Teddy. I, I don't expect him to put up the kind of numbers that Stafford, or for that matter, Sam will. Sam is a sneaky good offense. That's a sneaky good team. Give me one more, and then we'll keep going. Let's see here. Who's going to lead the league in rushing? He says Derrick Henry. Yeah, I think that's right. That's the first one he got right. There's no obvious reason to think that Derrick Henry is not going to lead the league in rushing for the foreseeable future. I get it that running backs tend to get worn down. But he tends to wear people down more than they mm-hmm. wear him down. I'll say this. The old expression, like in high school football, is, like, who do you send off the bus first? Because you're trying to set a tone. Like, you know, you send these guys off the bus, and everyone looks and says, uh-oh, I'm afraid that we're playing them. The Titans are the all-off-the-bus team. Who are you sending off first, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, or Derrick Henry? <laughs> Those might be the three most intimidating-looking people in the entire NFL. And if you're in high school, you then find out they're not playing linemen. That's right. That's right. Two of them are wide receivers. <laughs> they touch the ball. And Derrick Henry, he's that man is a monster. He is, he's so big and so strong and so fast. He's just an extraordinary player. I believe he will lead the league in rushing again. This is Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $700 on average. We'll have more of these as we go. And don't miss a conversation with Dan Fouts a little later in this hour as well. Rolling along, it's Greeny on ESPN Radio. The beginning of the season, oh, man, I want to be in that moment. This is one of them things we say, man, I wish I had that right now. Are you ready? I'm ready. This is Mina Kimes, and I am ready. This is Jason Fitz. My beloved Raiders are ready. This is Freddie Coleman. The Alabama Crimson Tide. Roll Tide. They are ready. Football is back, and it kicks off every morning with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, and continues all day on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Brainstorm. What is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, meeting-free Fridays. What about selling with Shopify? 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to all other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash greenie, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash greenie. Greenie, the podcast. Greeny rolling along, presented by Progressive Insurance with guests like the Hall of Famer Dan Fouts a little more than 10 minutes from now on the Goodyear Hotline. Going to keep going through these season predictions here in a moment. But first, a moment of levity. Hembo has told me there's a play-by-play call I must hear. Now, Bubba, going back to our uh, days together, you and I, many, many years ago on Mike and Mike, we always enjoyed the enthusiastic play-by-play, yes, and it was always your job to find those. Well, we enjoyed it. We loved it. You like those, right? You're, you're a fan of those. I enjoy a good play-by-play. So I've been told this is a good one. This is, uh, am I told this is, the, the announcer's name is Joey Zanaboni? That's right. Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. And he is uh, announcing this game for the Sioux City Explorers, and I'm told this is going to be a one-handed catch by someone named Errol Robinson. And that the call is something that I will be happy I played. All right, here we go. Joey Zanaboni, uh, take it away. 2-1, got a popping one up behind through. This might be trouble. Looper back goes a shortstop. Oh, my word! Unbelievable! A bare hand catch on the run by Robinson. Melton faces like a misplaced microwave at an ice sculpture competition. <laughs> Wait, what? What did he just say? Pretty good. Wait, can you just shorten that to just to that part, uh, Nuno? Because I want to hear it again. I wanted. I didn't understand it. Melting. What did he say? Faces. Melting faces. Like a misplaced <laughs> what? microwave at an ice sculpture competition. Does that does that follow? Like, is that is that that's a thing? All right, let's try no. it again. Let's just hear it here. Melting faces like a misplaced microwave at an ice. Sculpture competition. Does anyone else think he sounds a little bit like a fan down by the river? Like that? Does, does he sound a little like? Just imagine this is Chris Farley Matt doing, Foley. doing, doing. What was the name of the motivational speaker? Matt Foley. Matt Foley. Tell me this doesn't sound like that. Melton faces like a misplaced microwave at an ice sculpture competition. You're gonna find out that you're gonna get a steady diet of government cheese. Isn't that what he sounds like? He does. He right, that's a heck does. of a call. All right, so you put up on the screen. These are some other calls that he's made. Apparently, he's like sort of famous for this kind of thing. Uh, so he put he, he he has also made calls in which he said, "quote Either somebody dropped some paint chips into my Metamucil powder and I'm seeing double, 
or the Cardinals just turned two. That's pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> it's hilarious. I haven't seen anything on fire like this since we decided to get rid of the living room couch. Boy, that Walgreens parking lot got a little wild that night. I don't get that. And then finally, crushing it like crushing it like that exhausted mall store Santa accidentally rolling over on the cat he's been dressing as a miniature reindeer. <laughs> Good. He said, "These are things that he says during games. These are his calls. These are his signature calls." Well, I like the one that we played the most. So I'm, I'm going to play you both of these back to back. Now, you tell me if they sound alike to you. Melting faces like a misplaced microwave at an ice sculpture competition. Living in a van down by the river. Am I right? Yeah. He does sound like it, doesn't <laughs> yeah. it, Bubba? Right? Like that's the first thing I thought of. <laughs> this guy's doing his best imitation of Chris Farley. Yeah, I mean, it's here's another one of uh, Matt Foley. This yeah. sounds even more like it. But you're yeah. not going to amount to jack squats. Yeah, I, that's faces it. Faces like a misplaced microwave at an ice sculpture <laughs> competition. They're, they're like separated at birth. Bubs. Well, laddie, freaking dog. <laughs> I, I think it's him. That's you a know, good call. You, a good call. Call. you got it. It's a good call. My son enjoys so few old things. Like, at this point, unfortunately, Matt Foley and Chris Farley in general. I mean, now he's been dead however long he's been dead. 20 years? He's been dead a very long time. And my son does not like almost anything that I like. I, I show him old movies, all that kind of stuff. He's a, he loves Chris Farley. Loves. An 18-year-old kid will sit and watch not just hmm. 97. So he's been dead 24 years. And not only will, he will not only just watch the Matt Foley sketches, which are the best, but anything, anything. That Chris Farley did, my son will watch. So he's got an audience to, that was not alive hmm. when he died. Does he like old uh, Adam Sandler stuff? Yes, that, loves that's, Adam that's Sandler. aged well, right? Oh, those guys, yeah, that, that generally, yes, he's, he likes all that stuff. He loves Adam Sandler. Anyway, so I didn't mean to get so sidetracked on that, but that is an entertaining <laughs> call. Is there? A, does he just make those up off the top of his head? You think? There's no way. Does he have that scripted? It has to be. Has to be. You, does that just doesn't just slip off that, the tongue? Could that be top of mind to anyone? I don't know. No way. Like, I, I, I have done very little play-by-play in my life. I did some arena football. I did a few NFL games. And can you imagine if, like, I, the, the game that I did, it was uh, one of the games, um, like, for example, Phillip Rivers was the quarterback. Um, and so if I had said, like, Phillip Rivers goes out there to throw it, he's running down the field and... Melting faces like a misplaced microwave at an ice sculpture competition. I don't think that would have been well received one way or another. All right, Bubba, give me my music back. Let's do a few more of these predictions. Uh, again, Mike Tannenbaum predicting for ESPN.com who would be the season leader in a bunch of different categories. I'm telling you whether he got them right or got them wrong, and then uh, we will get Dan Fouts in here in a couple of minutes. Where do we leave off? The best season for rookie quarterback. He said it's going to be Zach Wilson. Oh, did he really? Well, I like the sound of that because I don't care what the question is. The answer is Zach Wilson. <laughs> oh, so that's 100% correct. All right, what's next? Well, which uh, rookie is going to rush for the most yards? He says it's going to be Najee Harris. I agree with that, although I think Javante Williams is definitely worth keeping a close eye on. Uh, the three big running backs in this draft were Williams, Travis Etienne, and Najee Harris. Etienne is out for the year. I could see Javante outrushing mm. Najee. I, I think that Najee Harris will get a ton of opportunity. Both those teams have sneaky great weapons. People don't talk about Denver's outside attack as much. And I don't know how much confidence you have in Bridgewater as their quarterback versus Ben. 
I, I will I will agree with Najee Harris, but I think it has a chance to be very close. What's next? He says that DeAndre Hopkins is going to lead the NFL in catches. Hmm. DeAndre Hopkins is going to lead the NFL in total catches. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say no. I'm going to go back to Devontae Adams. I, I think that there's something about Aaron posting that last dance thing. I think hmm. that Aaron and, and, and DeAndre have, uh, excuse me, Devontae have made up their minds. They're going huge this year. I, I think that Devontae Adams will lead the league in most receptions and most receiving yards this year. All right, give me a couple others real quick. Who's going to lead the NFL in touchdown catches? Mike Tannenbaum says Mike Evans. Um, no, that's wrong. It's Devontae Adams. He's hit the triple crown. I, I, I think of those three, that's the one I'm most confident in. Hmm. Devontae Adams, all he does is catch touchdowns. Right? I mean, how many touchdowns did he have last year? Well, he had, he had 28 red zone targets, which, which was far and away the most in the league, and he, and he caught last year 18 touchdowns. Yeah. I, I, to me, of those three categories, the one I'm most confident to lead the league in is touchdowns. Okay, so Next. who's, who's going to um, catch the most passes among rookie wide receivers? Who does he say? Devontae Smith. Oh, no, that's wrong. It's Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore, unquestionably, of the Jets, who I think will be Zach Wilson's toughest competition for rookie of the year. I think we'll wind up leading the league in every rookie receiving category. One more. Who is going to have the number one overall pick in next year's draft? Mike Tannenbaum says the Houston Texans. That's right. I, I feel sorry for the fans in, te- in Houston because there's no team that feels more completely hopeless right now. Like every other team has stuff to be excited about and to be hopeful about. And I don't. If there is such a thing on the Texans roster, I, I can't identify. What is likelier? They go 0 17? Or Tampa goes 17-0? That's a good question. I actually think it's likelier the Texans go 0-17. Wow. Yeah. And people always say, well, it's hard to go 0-17. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not. Have you seen their roster? That, that's the worst roster in years. It, it is comparatively years. much easier to go 0-17 than it is to go 17-0. We'll see how that plays out. Dan Fouts live after this word from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local brands. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop by on ESPN Radio. I can't see real good. Is that Bill Shakespeare over there? Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like For the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? 
your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny coming to you live as always from the Seaport District of Pier 17 brought to you by Chase and my next guest when he retired was one of only four quarterbacks with 250 career passing touchdowns one of the most prolific players of his era or any era the Hall of Famer Dan Fouts is back with us on ESPN radio good morning Dan Fouts hey Greeny good to be with you bud that's a pleasure and it's been a long time hope you had a nice summer and I hope you're as excited as we are here for the start of another football season and for the enthusiasm surrounding your longtime former team, the, the now L.A. Chargers with their dynamic young quarterback, Justin Herbert. I hear a lot of people thinking good things are about to happen there. What do you think? Well, I did the uh, Charger preseason game. And uh, the thing about that was, you hear me, Greeny? Yes, I do. I'm sorry. What, something just jumped in there. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Uh, Bubbos, there's something well, we need to know. Is everything all right? No, but we're good. Okay. Sorry about that, Dan. Go ahead. <clears throat> Yeah, and uh, the interesting thing about the preseason is that uh, Brandon Staley, the brand-new head coach, decided not to play any of his starters. So uh, we didn't get to see uh, uh, Justin Herbert or Keenan Allen or Austin Eckler or uh, Joey Bosa or Derwin James, but they're all healthy, and that's something that had plagued the Chargers over the years uh, going into the regular season with too many injuries to key players. So. At least now they will be healthy, but it's going to be a tough task going into Washington to beat the Washington football team. It's a really interesting opening weekend matchup. Candidly, there are a million really good games this weekend. You know, Herbert, I'd love to hear your breakdown on him because people are so high on him, including myself, and I think justifiably so. I can't imagine more adverse circumstances for a player's career to begin than his did last year and the way he handled it. So through your legendary quarterback's eyes, what are you seeing in Herbert so far? It's all good, isn't it? Um, you know, I think the key to his start last year and coming off the bench without any preparation is that he, he played a lot of football at the University of Oregon, and he played in a lot of uh, big games, obviously. They played in Rose Bowls and, and uh, beat Wisconsin in his last college game. So he was used to the big stage. Um, and also in talking to him, he would tell you that not having uh, any prep for that game as a starter – Maybe maybe actually helped him because he didn't have to worry about things. He just went out, and, you know, it's the old saying, I just went out and played football. And uh, now that he's had a, another offense to learn with the new uh, head coach and, and Joe Lombardi as offensive coordinator, uh, the thing is is that uh, you know, as smart as he is and as cool and talented as he is f- physically, I, I just don't see any downside, Greeny. Greeny and Dan Fouts is with me here. You are 70 years old and a happy congratulations on that. And and you are at this point only two years older than Tom Brady, who continues (laughs) to dominate the National Football League. I mean, what? How how do you explain as we get set to watch Brady kick off the season tomorrow night at, at the age of 44 and people inside the organization saying they think he's primed to have one of his best seasons ever? How do you explain this? 
I don't think uh, we can. We mere mortals can explain it. Um, having played the position and I've talked to other guys of my era, uh, we just shake our heads. Um, you know, obviously he knows how to take care of his body. Uh, obviously he knows his limitations as far as exposing himself to, to big hits. Uh, but at 44 and go, soon to be 45, it has been remarkable, no question about it. It's, I mean, it really, it's something that if I had suggested to you, can this happen ahead of time, you would have said it's impossible, right? If, I, if, I'd, if you and I were talking, take Tom Brady's name out of it. If you and I were talking about football five years ago and I had said, can a 44-year-old quarterback be as good as any player in the entire National Football League, would you have thought it possible? Well, you know, only George Blanda has done this. And George basically was a kicker until forced into action back in the end of his career. And right. He played very well, but he did not take the beating, um, you know, over the years constantly that uh, Brady has. You know, Greeny, back when I worked in San Francisco at KPIX, my assignment was to interview the top college prospects in the Bay Area. And one of those top prospects was a kid named Tom Brady at mm. Sarah High School in San Mateo. And I, I got to tell you, if you look it up on uh, on the Internet, you'll see the interview and you'll see that Tom Brady at 18 years old looks a lot like Tom Brady at 44. What, what do you remember about it? Um, what, what, what do you remember thinking of him when you talked to him then? Well, you know, he, he was uh, very poised, obviously, very smart. Uh, physically, he, he looked about the same. He was, you know, about 6'5 and, you know, over 200 pounds. But uh, the thing was, is I asked him, you know, those tough media type of questions, Greeny, right? Like, what, what do you have to improve upon mm-hmm. uh, to make it at Michigan? And he says, well, you know, I've got a, a good, strong arm, but uh, I, could, I need to work on my speed. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's the one thing that I guess never quite came to him. And I guess it doesn't really make a whole lot of difference. Dan Fouts no, on the doesn't. Goodyear hotline. With you for every mile on the road to greatness, Goodyear more driven. Actually, that's an interesting thought because in the era in which you played, and again, for anyone listening to this conversation not old enough to remember, Dan Fouts was one of the great quarterbacks that ever lived and, and was in his generation the most prolific guy with the most prolific offense there was. And in your generation, Dan, the quarterbacks who could run, uh, like the Fran Tarkentons of the world, those were the exception. Now, the guys who stand in the pocket, a guy like Brady, and people will look at a guy like Mac Jones who wins the starting job in New England, they have b- become the exception. How do you see that going into the future? Do you believe long-term there is still a place for the quarterback who is quote-unquote a statue, stands in the pocket, and just flings it? Well, every pass play, is that's the design. The design isn't for the quarterback to uh, buy time. It's designed to get rid of the ball. Uh, and uh, the pocket is the safest place because the offensive linemen are taught to protect that, uh, you know, that eye and the storm right there, and that's the middle of the pocket. So, you know, the game swings back and forth, but how can you argue with the success of Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks? You go right down the list. Uh, 90%, I would argue with you, are pocket quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a Patrick Mahomes thrown in there because uh, of his – you know, unique abilities, but uh, you ask him, he would rather throw from the pocket, although most of his big plays come and spectacular plays come out of the pocket, but that's not the design. Greeny and the great Dan Fouts here talking football with you. I want to talk about the situation Dak Prescott finds himself in 
tomorrow night. I, I can't imagine the player having more things working against him <clears throat> excuse me, than he does going into this opener. He, he hasn't taken a hit since last October. He's barely been able to throw in, in preseason because he had this trouble with a strained lat. And he's starting this game against a really good Tampa defensive front that is particularly strong up the middle without his all-world offensive guard in Zach Martin. Yeah. So when you, when you factor all those things in, like how would how would what's a real what's a reasonable expectation for Dak tomorrow night in the opener? Well, look at the beginning of the game and watch how he handles the first series, and watch how the coaches coach that first series and and the play selection in that first series. Uh, confidence, uh, because of all those factors you mentioned, uh, has got to be built, and it's got to be built quickly. So that, to me, is going to be the key for Prescott and for the Cowboys, basically, because here they're going up against the, you know, the the world champs in their own ballpark. Uh, a tall task, obviously, but you know those are so many negative factors that have to be uh, countered immediately by the Cowboys. It would, to me, it would be a huge surprise if Dallas finds a way to win this game or is even in it in the fourth quarter. I hope I'm wrong. I would love to see it be a barn burner tomorrow night to kick off uh, the start of the season. One more for you, Dan. We've got this terrific class, or we hope to have a terrific class of rookie quarterbacks. Five guys who went in the first round. All of them have shown varying levels of promise. As you watch rookie quarterbacks play today, and the opportunities that they are afforded, the protection that they are afforded, and other things like that. I just wonder if you could explain, for a lot of younger people perhaps in the audience, just how different it was to be a rookie quarterback when you were versus <laughs> what it is now. Well, if I could stop laughing uh, hard <laughs> enough. But, you know, my first contract was $15,000 bonus with a 23000 salary, mm-hmm. and I was worth every penny because there were a lot of pennies. Uh, for these guys, you know, the, the pressure obviously is, is all about winning and how you perform. The money and, and all the other outside stuff really doesn't matter because if you're not going to play well and not perform well, uh, a lot of that will evaporate. So, uh, you know, it's going to be tough for these young quarterbacks, but they do have more support and, uh, you know, they are not under the pressure to go out and see if they can make a buck because they have already have. Uh, you know what? As you're talking, I, I, do you have another second? I want to ask you one more thing. I, I, I don't want to take up all of your day here. No, it'll, it'll cost you, Greeny, but, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had, I had Chris Collinsworth on recently and asked him about one legendary game that you played in. I want to get a story on a different one. Just going to sit back and have a little story time. Tell me a story. I love asking, you know, legendary former players to tell <laughs> stories of legendary games they played in. Now, you and I have talked about the Freezer Bowl. Um, you know, the ice-cold game where it was 59 degrees below zero. But what I've never had a chance to ask you about was the game the week before, which for me will always be the Kellen Winslow game, your Chargers in Miami in one of the greatest and most famous playoff games of all time. Kellen Winslow played one of the greatest games ever. That's the game where you guys were way ahead. I'm doing this off the top of my head. They had the hook and lateral play at the end of the first half. They made it a game. And it turns out to be, I think, for those of us old enough to remember, one of the greatest games of all time. So tell me a story about that. What do you remember about playing in that legendary game? Well, you know, uh, even though we were up 24 uh, nothing at the end of the first quarter, it was still light out. <laughs> so <laughs> it was, you know, a, a night game, and uh, uh, we knew that it wasn't over. And, you know, you talked about that hook and lateral. Uh, what a great call by Don Shula and great execution by, 
by Strzok and his teammates. Uh, I was standing next to Charlie Joyner, and at the time it was, uh, I believe, 24 to 10. Uh, we were still ahead, and they they executed that play and scored. And I looked at Charlie and I said, "Oh well, <laughs> I guess this baby ain't over yet." And we both kind of chuckled as we as we ran into the locker room. Uh, but you got to give the Dolphins a lot of credit for fighting back. And, of course, uh, you know, Kellen had his day. Charlie was over 100 yards receiving, as was Wes Chandler. And uh, the offensive line and Chuck Muncie and James Brooks, it was uh, just a wonderful experience. I'm just so thankful that we won the game because I'd hate to have talked about two bad ones in a row with you, Greeny. Yeah, I mean, that that's the week that leads into the incredibly close, or excuse me, an incredibly cold game. Again, the Chargers wound up winning that game in Miami, 41-38 in overtime in, you know, again, it's hard to explain to people who don't see things. I, I get it because, you know, if you didn't live through it, you didn't live through it. If you watch that game, you will never forget as long as you live where you were sitting watching it. It was football as good as football has ever been. Dan, it is a pleasure to catch up with you. Have a wonderful season. I look forward to catching up anytime you get a chance. Best of the family, and thanks a million. Always good to be with you, Greeny. Thank you. I right, take care. So I, I just called it up here because, you know, you do things off, out of, off the top of your head, and sometimes you get them wrong. But so here are the details on that game. It's January 2nd of 82. As he just said, the Chargers go up 24 nothing. Dolphins come all the way back. It's 24-10, final play of the first half. They run a hook, a hook and lateral to perfection, winds up t- uh, making it 24-17. The game winds up in overtime. I'm trying to get to the numbers here because I want to get them exactly right. The numbers on Kellen Winslow, Don Strock, who was the quarterback, this would have been Strock's last year, if I'm not mistaken, before they drafted Marino. I think the next year is the year they get Dan Marino. Maybe there was one more year in between. But Don Strzok, the quarterback of the Dolphins, who nobody remembers, threw for 403 yards and four touchdowns in that game. Dan Fouts was 33 of 53, 433 yards and three touchdowns. All of those were NFL postseason records at the time. Charlie Joyner caught seven passes for 108 yards. Chuck Muncie ran for 124 yards and a touchdown. Kellen Winslow blocked a field goal that wound up winning the game. He also caught 13 catches for 166 yards and a touchdown. And when the game was over, they referred to it as the game no one should have lost. It really genuinely was as good a football game as you've ever seen. So let's just have a little fun. Taking your fandom and everything out of it. What's the greatest game you ever remember watching? Hemba, what, right off the top of your head, if someone asks you that, what's the first thing that jumps to your mind? The, the 07 Super Bowl, the David Tyree catch, that was the, that was the, that's the greatest football game I've ever watched. I found See, myself actively rooting for the Giants as an Eagles fan. Yeah, I, I rooted for the Giants too as a Jet fan. Uh, 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 that was a great game. The ending was ridiculous. Mm. I don't know that start to finish. Like the drama keeps building because that defense was shutting down Brady and mm-hmm. that offense, and you're thinking, can they keep doing it? Yes, it was a great game. I don't think I would put it on a – from start to finish, from kickoff to finish, I don't think I would put it on that same level. Obviously, it's a Super Bowl, so it carries greater weight. The, the Super Bowl that was played, I want to say the next year, was the Steelers-Arizona, which was an unbelievable game. The Larry Fitzgerald touchdown, that was the one where legendarily, like some parts of the country, the cable cut off and like a porn movie yeah. came on, oh, and then they went back to it. <laughs> and then in the end, Santonio Holmes catches the touchdown on the corner of the end zone. I think that was start to finish a better game. But, but the, the, the part about the 07 season was what was at stake. The context. That was 
Because you felt like every play mattered so much Correct. more because of that. That I'll, I'll give you. That I'll give you. Bubba, greatest, right off the top of any sport, doesn't have to be football. Any sport, greatest game you ever saw. Uh, I'll go um, Boise State, Oklahoma. You know, that's a good choice. I kind of like that. I, I, it was a great game. It was an all-time great game. You didn't have anywhere near the emotional attachment to it that you would have had to a lot of other games. I notice you don't mention the Dez caught the ball touchdown, you know, t- caught the touchdown <laughs> game or any other that Cowboy. Great, no. You because know, the last time the Cowboys won really huge games, uh, Bubba, you're not old enough to remember that. Well, I mean, I was like 9 and 10. I remember it. But were not- you, you were 9. The, 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 they won their last Super Bowl, what, January of 96? Do I have that right? Was, uh, was, yeah. it, was that yeah, the 95? So, so how old were you then? 12. Okay, so you do remember it. You're, you're older than I thought you were. <laughs> Nuno, greatest game you ever saw, any sport? 03 ALCS Game 7, Aaron Boone. Yeah, the Aaron Boone game. That's, plus your emotional attachment to it. That's very tough to top. Oh. When you think about all the dramatic twists and turns, what was the World Series game um, some years later that, that Jason Stark came on, Mike and Mike, the next day and said it was the greatest game he ever saw? You're, are you thinking of Rangers... Cardinals, yes. David Freeze, game-tying triple, yes. game-winning home run. Yes. Walk-off, Th- that's, that's, I'm just thinking about the different sports and the different games that come up. For basketball, I'm thinking of, would it be Game 7, LeBron, the block against the Warriors? I that's mean, there's there. so many that it would come to mind immediately. But I'm telling you right now, just for purely great games, the Kellen Winslow game we just talked about with Dan Fouts is as good a game, as good a contest, as, as entertaining and unforgettable a sporting contest as you will ever see. All right, this was a fun day. Tomorrow, plenty more calls as we get set for the start of the season. We'll see how that works out. Congratulations, Derek Jeter, on his induction to the Hall of Fame today. We'll see you tomorrow. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.